Welcome to CII Podcasts. Welcome to the CII Podcast. I am Rajan Nuvani, Chairman of the CII India at 75 Council and Vice Chairman and Managing Director of the Jetline Group of Companies, hosting this very special episode for you. It is indeed a momentous and historic time for the nation as we complete 75 years of our independence. Uh, CII has been working towards this milestone since 2008 through its vision agenda that it developed involving over 5000 stakeholders and several others over these last 15 years including millions of young people who have contributed to help shape what India would look in its 75th year. I think we are now poised in a much better place since then and many new opportunities for growth are visible that can take our country to its destiny of being a developed nation. To take us through the country's future roadmap and potential we have with us Sanjeev Bajaj, President Confederation of Indian Industry. Welcome Sanjeev. Bajaj FinServe is one of India's top managing uh, top companies in financial services and covers the entire range of lending, insurance and wealth advisory. Sanjeev is the chairman and managing director of Bajaj FinServe. Sanjeev is an innovative thinker, has led disruptive change in the entire industry and really a promising leader of the future, not only of India, but of the world. Sanjeev, thank you for joining this CII podcast. And again, a very warm welcome to you. Let me start by you know, asking you, how do you see the economy uh, as we step into our 75th year of Indian independence? Thanks, Rajan. Uh, you know, as you correctly mentioned, this is a very special moment for India. Um, and we must all with great pride look back at the achievements of this country since 1947. Whether you look at development, you look at uh, uh, per capita GDP growth rate, you look at education, you look at the pride of place that India uh, occupies now in the global arena. All these have significantly moved up in 75 years. But at the same time, I believe that there is a tremendous opportunity for us as we think through the next 25 years. Let me, however, start by congratulating all my fellow citizens uh, on 75 years of independence. And we should use this year to celebrate this big milestone together in, in every way that we can. It's a special milestone uh, indeed for the country and hence for really each one of us. If you look at the current situation of the economy, the last few years have been challenging. We know that the impact of the pandemic, thereafter the issue right now in Europe with Ukraine and the resulting toll on the economy, high inflation, oil prices, supply chain disruptions have all come in the way of preventing India from a significantly higher level of growth and development in the last few years. But at the same time, I believe there are many bright spots. If you look at a whole bunch of data that the government uh, releases from the latest tax collections, some of the high frequency uh, parameters like manufacturing, PMI, uh, GST receipts, uh, others, mobility data on passenger and other traffic. Uh, when you look at toll collections, all this is showing now is sustained momentum, positive momentum in growth and uh, transport activity. 
we also know that capacity utilization in the manufacturing sector has now moved up to almost 75% from around 72% a couple of quarters ago further a recent poll that ci did with our industry ceos shows that their overall outlook for h1 of fy23 that's the current half looks robust and this optimism actually comes from sales from new orders from exports as well so it is pretty broad based and that's why i believe that we are in a situation where there are some headwinds but we also have enough tailwinds and as long as we can manage to keep oil prices low and as we know a lot of that is outside of our hand but we are seeing it coming down if oil does stay low we can look to a 7.5 to 8.2% gdp growth rate in uh, this year we must also keep in mind that whenever a crisis has hit us as a country our economy has risen to the occasion and reached a new path of growth we saw this in the forex uh, exchange uh, crisis of 1991 we saw this in the dot com uh, crisis at the turn of the millennium and the global recession in uh, uh, 0809 each times each time we saw economic reforms being accelerated and we saw indian industry get together for higher competitiveness identifying new business opportunities i believe that we are in that situation right now and with the concerted effort of the government and the private sector there is no reason why we should not prime our economy in the coming years for a sustained much higher level of growth i think your last point sanjeev of really government industry working together you know to really take us into that trajectory in the short term is so relevant and so important but you know as we move on to the medium and long term outlook for the indian economy you know as ci president you have evolved a roadmap and strategy for fostering growth that will stabilize the economy this year and take india beyond india at 75 you know a very ambitious agenda you know can you can you share your vision and really elaborate upon uh, upon this please the indian economy today with a size of about 3.2 trillion us dollars is the sixth largest in the world in nominal terms now if we remember the objective resolution in the first session of the constituent assembly of our country in 1946 which became the basis for india's constitution's preamble clearly stated as an objective this ancient land attains its rightful and honored place in the world and makes its full and willing contribution to the promotion of world peace and welfare of mankind you know that's the rich history that we have had and been an economic power for centuries now when you combine this with a solid democracy a young and dynamic population we have to set for ourselves ambitious medium and long term economic targets so that we can earn that rightful an honored place in the world at cii this has been a driving force for much of the work that we and our predecessors have been doing and our vision at 100 exercise on which i must thank you because you have worked extensively as well as chairman of uh, india cii's india at 75 council this flows seamlessly from it 2047 will be our 100th year of independence and in this journey over the next 25 years 
SCI, we are setting medium-term milestones for the economy. Today, we are also in an interesting world where we have that opportunity to build resilience, to tap into gaps that any global crisis creates and to emerge from that stronger. This is what our economy did when we grew by 8.7% in FI22. When we come back to numbers, as I said, we are about 3.2 trillion currently. Our first milestone is to get to $5 trillion, which means a CAGR of 7.6% for us to get there in the next five years, so by FI27. Looking further, the next target that we are setting for ourselves for FI31 is $9 trillion. And our ultimate vision is for India to become a $40 trillion economy by the time we reach our 100th year, that is FI48. And if you think about it, one may say that, wow, that's 12, 13 times where we are today. But that overall is under a 7% GDP growth rate. And if we can accelerate our growth rates in the early part of the coming decade and more, we can definitely get to this. Now, this is a bold vision and it will require everyone to get together. But there are key enablers that we've identified as well. One, India has to become a global manufacturing hub. We significantly have to push up investments coming into India. We must create a greater and more favorable environment for exports and for external engagement towards the same. We have to achieve global leadership in services where we have a head start and a significant increasing thrust within the country on both education and healthcare. I think, you know, you've covered some of the key pillars, right? If you look at manufacturing, export services, investments, healthcare, education, all having to, you know, happen at the same time. I think these are really very, very large agendas. But Sanjeev, can you give us a little brief outline of the targets for some of these pillars, you know, as we move forward? You know, our economy today is multifaceted. We are operating multiple levers to keep this economy growing. For achieving our bold vision that we have set for ourselves, we must create a detailed strategy and a roadmap which will help us leverage each of these levers. If, we, if I come to the sectors, as I said, starting, we have to have a robust manufacturing sector which is globally competitive. A lot of countries jump from an agri-economy to a manufacturing economy and then to a service-led economy. But as so many of us know, in India's case, we went basically from an agri-based economy directly to a service-led economy. The manufacturing sector growth largely got skipped. It doesn't mean it's not there, but compared to what it should have been. And hence, it's important for us because manufacturing brings good quality jobs and is very important for building critical forward and backward linkages in supply chains. We also believe that with a strong reform focus combined with India's entrepreneurial mindset, our young population that I talked about and a very large domestic market, we have 
this opportunity to become a global manufacturing hub with this mindset we would expect that the share of manufacturing sector and if you look at it in say nominal gross value added of gba that can go up from 15.5% what it was last year to 25% by fy31 and 27% by fy48 this is interesting we will take our manufacturing from currently about we are about uh, 400 billion us to 2.2 trillion by fy31 and over 10 trillion when india gets to 100 as i've also said capital formation is another key pillar and india has shown that the economy grows fast when there is a clear rising trend in a gross fixed capital form formation what's called the gfcp uh, cf2 gdp ratio we have seen this grow from 229.6% in fy22 from 28.6% in fy18 and we think it can get to over 33% by fy48 this will also mean that it will take investment from the current 1 trillion or so in fy22 to 13 and a half trillion by fy48 i have talked about how india is a lot more integrated with the world and global economy than ever before we have reached record levels of exports for our goods and our services and these continue to be strong even in the last few years we know with the vacuum that has got created in manufacturing in the current global context global geopolitical context india has a very significant opportunity to up its exports and become that source the sure source for supply for the world i believe that the share of exports of goods and services in gdp can rise from our current 20.1% to around 25% by fy48 and which could make it into a value of 6 and a half trillion for goods and almost 4 trillion for services when india gets to 100 services as we've always talked about has been where we've taken an early lead but when you look at services excluding say construction that contributes now to about 53% of our gba in value terms is about 1.5 trillion i believe we are going to see dramatic changes in the coming 25 years whether and it's going to be led by the digital world and that's where using a large workforce skilling them correctly can take services to over a 21 trillion sector by fy48 and let us not forget uh, rajan that when we are talking about all this we are still talking about business as we know the next 25 years we are going to see new ways of doing business this digital world is creating entirely new businesses and business models as well there is no reason why we should not be at the forefront of that as well and lead that for the world now i think therein truly sanjeev lies the opportunity you know for india to be able to achieve these ambitious targets that you have set and even go beyond you know it's like we are adding a zero uh, you know uh, to uh, an order of magnitude you know change and transformation to our country 
that no country in the history of mankind has really seen right a country of 1.4 billion people democratically elected you know governments at every level uh, young people all working together you know to create this this massive vision you know that you have so beautifully and articulately outlined but you know when you put the you know when the rubber hits the road right we got to see how do we make this happen so if we were to you know see india achieve uh, you know this economic vision that you have laid out you know what what do you think we we need to be doing to make sure that you know we achieve this see there are a few clear areas first economic and sectoral reforms need to continue and we must credit this government for many big and bold reforms that they've been focusing on from those in the financial sector the labor reforms msme reforms improving the ease of doing business reforms in taxation the privatization uh, roadmap that they have uh, put in place and a plethora of sectoral reforms in areas such as mining defense telecom which have been announced and are being implemented as we speak but in addition to the central government doing that state governments also need to embrace this reform agenda and one of ci's recommendations has been that like the central and the state government has the gst council which discusses different issues very often there are differences between states and the center but they make it work and there is progress why can't we have these kind of councils for consensus building on reforms relating to land labor power and agriculture these are if this can be done it will significantly further improve the ease and cost of doing business and make private sector that much more globally competitive in some areas states could be provided fiscal incentives like what has been done for power to help make up any gaps that may be there we also believe that central and state governments must increase their expenditure on public health and education and these must be accessible to every citizen we are already a 75 year old country and uh, we have no excuse uh, to ensure that quality and competitively priced education and healthcare is not available very soon to all not only is this i think a primary right but it will improve workforce productivity it will make our economy that much more resilient and it will provide those hands that we need for this economy to grow when you look at government expenditure on public health from currently 1.33% this must go to 2.5 3% by 2025 while the expenditure on public education must go from the 4.4% it is currently to about 6% by 2025 which is also as emphasized in our national education policy i believe some of these key initiatives if done correctly will clearly take us onto that path no i think this uh, you know taking reforms and you know being able to implement this change both at a national state and at a grassroots level right up to the gram panchayat is so critical you know for our for our country 
but you know the other sector you know sanjeev particularly an area which you have personally you know led for this country and achieved tremendous success you know entire the entire financial services and the financial sector of the country i think we can't have any conversation not really going deeply into that uh, so you know uh, if you look at you know the financial sector for any country or any economy it's really the true backbone you know of the nation uh, and you know if we were to see that drive all the changes and large parts of the vision that you have talked about you know what do you see as the reforms that might be required in that sector well rajan as you said correctly the financial sector actually is the overarching sector for economic lubrication it touches every real sector in the country and we have seen in recent years how consumer finance has empowered the indian consumer as well as the government has led in innovations as well with the india digital stack upi how easily this has in the last few years spread digital finance across the country today digital payments in india are greater than that of the us and china put together and account for something like i'm told close to 40% of all digital uh, payments uh, globally so india is already showing that there are areas in which it can lead the world and we have to see how can we do a lot more so a few thoughts that come to mind are one if we have to build a real economy we have to ensure we have a much deeper financial services sector we need a much deeper corporate bond market that is very important banks can't be expected to lend to all kinds of projects especially long uh, term ones like the infrastructure ones so you have to deepen the corporate bond markets you have to channelize long term funds that come from insurance and pension into long term projects so this is one important area to make capital available from the sources that exist to projects as suitable or initiatives as suitable to them the second is that the financing capacity whether of banks or nbfcs other financial institutions has to be dramatically expanded policies should enable good quality nbfcs that have a solid track record for a certain period of time to offer full banking services we must increase insurance penetration both from a protection point of view and access point of view like what we have done in digital payments we must continue to enhance the adoption of digital fintech services and see that we create interlinkages between industry 4.0 and banking 4.0 so that together they they can leverage each other finally as we end up building in these areas a strong capital market is also essential and as i've said earlier while we welcome the best from the world and we must do that and india is a place where long term they will do well we must build our own domestic capability as well because that is something that will stay with us long term i would like to finally add over here that the government as part of their divestment program has announced earlier in the budget that two public sector banks will be privatized they must go ahead with this not only it provides them the funds for other government uh, purposes but it gives a very clear signal to the market that the government is serious with privatizing non strategic uh, entities and creating both greater competition but also greater access for everyone 
I think the point of you know trust between government and industry being strengthened over the next 25 years keeps coming out as a key message you know from you Sanjeev and I think this is something that even CII is deeply committed to you know to building as we you know continue to move forward and you know you talked about the financial services and the first thing that comes to mind is that inclusivity agenda has deeply been impacted because digitization and technology has played a key role you know in taking that reach out right and you know ever since we started the india at 75 initiative at cii we always said that india's economic leadership will be driven you know through its technological vitality and you know technology is such an important driver uh, you know for economic growth in india but globally and more so post pandemic you know so uh, how do you see india truly achieve uh, you know technology leadership uh, as we move into this amrit kal the next 25 years uh, which will put india on the global stage uh, with with the other nations in the world see the amrit kal period is a great opportunity for us to look at a real step up in how we leverage technology and as a result of that boost our indian innovation the government could consider setting up for example an overarching empowered technology commission of india that will coordinate integrate and manage all technology related strategy funding policy and procedures and help in its deployment to public private partnerships so at a macro level by doing this the government can play a very important role in setting the standards putting some of the basic infrastructure in place also in facilitating g2g that's government to government technology collaborations and technology partnerships amongst industry academia and research institutions another important direction is to promote public private partnership in r&d as also to enhance r&d spends which is today less than 0.7% of the gdp we must take this to at least 2% of the gdp large companies already have their own r&d setups but the next level companies the mid size companies as well how can we create an enabling environment on r&d for them using government and private sector together this is an important area that needs to be thought through banks and financial institutions should also be permitted to explore considering how they can monetize filed patents and registered designs and use them as collateral security so there of course has to be a transparent valuation process for it but i believe that a sandbox environment for some of these uh, new ways of thinking will go a long way in uh, seeing how industry which creates these iprs these designs these patterns can benefit from that also and help themselves grow we also believe that the indian design policy needs a rethinking for a integrated strategic design thinking in various sectors of economic and sustainable development and eventually whether it is government whether it is industry we put a top down framework but within that we let the entrepreneurial juices flow so that we build a very solid technology technology driven culture for innovation and so that we can proudly build designed in india and make in india products and services for the world in the coming years
thank you sanjeev i think you know that's really driving this whole agenda really really well towards india at 100 and we can continue to talk about so many of the other agendas you know especially the exports the ease of doing business uh, but you know one agenda that i would really like to end with uh, which is truly an important agenda both for us as a country and for the world is you know india has made a very ambitious commitment of achieving net zero by 2047 right how can industry truly be encouraged and facilitated to you know embrace net zero uh, as we move forward Rajan, as we talked about, we have this golden opportunity to become the manufacturing hub for the world, or the next manufacturing hub for the world. There is no reason why it should not be the next green manufacturing hub for the world, because unlike many other countries, we have not made all those large manufacturing investments over the last few decades, and we have now the opportunity because of geopolitical reasons that we talked about to do that. This can give our new manufacturing investments a major competitive advantage to other countries to do this government must prepare sectoral roadmaps for net zero so that industry can then plan its investments and technology choices better and the circular economy should be high priority for all the government has already announced phase 1 of the green hydrogen policy to support green hydrogen production in the country and make india a hub for the same we see that to support the widespread implementation of this phase 1 of the policy a pli scheme for electrolyzers could be considered that will give it a big leg up and then phase 2 of the policy focuses on demand generation which should also be further expedited private sector's participation should be encouraged in afforestation and agroforestry to promote carbon sinks these are going to be very important uh, as manufacturing grows the government could also look at incentivizing some important green and clean technologies and green buildings so that all in all whether it's construction whether it's manufacturing facility whether it's on technology and innovation a properly thought through program is put in place so that not only are we building this economy not only are we building large manufacturing and services sector but we are doing this while simultaneously moving towards our ambitious commitment of achieving net zero by 2047 now you know on that very positive high note where innovation you know being able to do that in india for the world and of course in that process covered an inclusive agenda for every indian is really a great vision that you know sanjeev you have highlighted uh, it's it's been such an engaging conversation we could have talked about so many other areas you know go deeper into manufacturing into exports enhancing you know our ability to uh, improve the business environment ease of doing business look at our net zero commitments uh, you know but we'll keep that for uh, th- another podcast and another time but Uh, thank you so much for sharing your vision and really uh, wish the ii and you a great year as the president uh, in this 75th year of indian independence and enable us to march forward uh, into india at 100 thank you thank you rajan and once again uh, my best wishes to everyone on our 75th year of independence and let's together make the next 25 years the best of thank you thank you for listening to cii podcasts 